We're now going to head over to the Margaret River and um, Yapo is on the line. Good morning to you. Yapo Dalikani, is that how we say your surname? <laughs> That's correct, Simon. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Oh. Good morning, Yapo. And this is Nick uh, with me. Um, uh, so, Yapo, you're from, um, from McHenry Honan. You're the chief winemaker there. Correct. Um, it's a it's an interesting story, isn't it? The uh, maybe just can you just kind of take us a little bit back to the start um, because um, there's a tie in with a brand that people will will know very well and um, and then yeah just then bring us up to to where we're at uh, this these days. Sure. So um, as you probably will notice, I was not born in my river. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was born in Soabe, which is uh, a wine region um, in the northeast of Italy, in, um, in the Veneto area, so uh, the north part of Italy. And um, I guess that had a huge impact on uh, on my winemaking career. Um, you know, growing up surrounded by vines uh, and uh, and winery, you know, that end up being your playground as, as a kid, and <laughs> inevitably uh, becomes part of who you are. And, and who you want to be. So um, also like um, the people I used to interact with as a kid, your schoolmates, uh, your best friends and their families um, are, are inevitably in wine, uh, either as producers or, or sales or, or packaging. Uh, one of my best friends is a cork producer, actually, and another one is uh, is a wine producer. So. Um, that that had a, had a big impact on uh, on me, and when I decided to um, uh, to to choose a university course, uh, winemaking made uh, made total sense for me. So um, I went ahead uh, uh, with that, and I was lucky enough to be able to experience vintages at good producers in Soave first, and then uh, um, I guess I wanted to broaden my knowledge and, and experience other parts of the world and um, and that's where the traveling winemaking bug uh, got me and yeah did many years of traveling before arriving to Margarita. that was year 2008 so i've actually been here in Margarita now for quite a while wow. almost almost a local i'd say i was gonna say you're nearly <laughs> <laughs> nearly a local but we the... can even get some accent there i reckon <laughs> yapo <laughs> um so my first vintage my first vintage in Margarita was, um, if I remember well, was in 2008. And um, I did a couple of seasons here. Um, first at Watershed and then Mossfield, so pretty good producers in the area. Mm. And then uh, I ended up going to New Zealand. You know, it's a small community, the winemaking community. You end up getting connections and, and funding jobs uh, all over the world. And returned to Europe for a little bit. Um, I spent a bit of time in Bordeaux, um, so in France. Mm. And then back in Italy, but somehow, somehow I ended up missing the wine community of Mug River and and the sort of like freedom you get in in, in the winemaking process here and and um, yeah, ended up coming back for good in 2011. Mm. It's um, oh, it must be an amazing part of the world to to live in. Do you are you a surfer by any chance? No, look, I've tried and <laughs> I'm almost drowned a couple of times. I think too. To fully enjoy the surf in Mug River, you gotta be born close to a surfing point. I was like, you know, when I was 14 years old, uh, instead of surfing, I was driving my grandfather's tractor, and it was more of a more of a farm, yeah, right. <laughs> sort of person. So I do enjoy the ocean, and I go, 
uh, in the water all the time, but I wouldn't call myself uh, a surfer. But there, yeah, well, there are many other things um, to do uh, for recreation over there. Um, But it is what we hear a lot. It's a, it's just an amazing, um, you know, cohort of of wine people, you know, and and the community. That's uh, that's certainly a big part of uh, of of me uh, staying here. It's um, it's certainly a wine community that I share a lot. Uh, with in terms of like background and um, when you visit the region and you talk to winemakers um, you you meet people from every corner of the world you know like being could be Canada US a lot of French friends a lot of uh, New Zealanders um, Italians for sure Spanish it's uh, Argentinians it's such a multicultural uh, place mm. um, and you know I never felt like I wasn't welcome here. Everybody, uh, you know, welcomed me with open arms and gave me responsibility. And eventually, in 2017, I applied for a job for for McHenry Onen. I interviewed with uh, Mary McHenry and Dave Onen, and they, yeah, gave me responsibility with their with their wines. And um, I had the ability of growing a lot and learning a lot of things uh, working for this company. Um, and so, yeah, very lucky. So and it is a beautiful place naturally as well. Yeah, obviously. yeah, isn't it? Um, and um, so McHenry Honan, uh, it's a it's a brand that, well, you certainly it's it's an obvious brand when you're in the region. It's not. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we probably see it. We probably see it quite a lot at retail, I guess. Um, um, who who sort of ranges your your wines typically? Well, um, Saint Wine is uh, in charge of our distribution uh, nationally. In um, in Australia, um, so we've been with them for now three years, and uh, very happy with the team there and 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 the way they're representing us uh, around the country. But um, yeah, McCary Onan is uh, is a relatively young brand, I would say. Um, the winery was finishing the two th- early two thousands. However, the two families that are behind uh, this brand, the the Honans and the McCarys, they have um, very deep roots. In this region, they grew up mm. here as as kids, and and uh, they were involved with the establishment of Kemantel initially. So they yeah. they knew the land, uh, they knew where the good spots for the vineyards would be, and when they started to plant their their vineyards in the late seventies and and then all through the nineties, they knew exactly where they wanted to plant vines and and how to do it. So uh, today, the scenario is that we source fruit from three. Um, very distinctive vineyards. Mm-hmm. So the Burnside Vineyard, which is um, uh, owned and managed by the Honan family, and then the other two, uh, Kaigara Brook and Hazel Vineyard, which is um, uh, two vineyards in the southern part of the region that we have um, full control and management of. And they're just like so different and so close to each other, but they certainly make different um, this different fruit, different profiles, and the brand itself, it's all about highlighting these differences and and uh, and and making single vineyard wines out of these three different sites. I noticed um, that you're quite, um, or you, the vineyards are quite into sort of biodynamic practices and really good soil health. Practices. Yeah, correct, um, correct. So that has been uh, part of the philosophy since the very start. So when Dave came back from his studies in the in the US in UC Davis, he was pretty fascinated about organics and and dry growing, which. Uh, 
uh, they were a little bit ahead of us over there with these practices and certainly uh, wanted to grow fruit with the, with a similar philosophy. So um, first organically and then biodynamically really kicked in when in 2008 uh, Mike Sligers from, from Cullen moved over and, and he was um, a champion of this philosophy and, and we've uh, gone a long way since then. Uh, today we're looking at a scenario where uh, our, our vineyards are not just vineyards with vines from, from fence to fence. Uh, we're looking at uh, proper farms where we have, you know, veggie gardens and olive groves and livestock and, you know, an army of chickens and, and sheep. And it is a lot of work, but it's also an exciting time for, for us as we not only harvest um, fantastic grapes that make, well, I hope, great wines, mm. um, but we are also able to um, harvest other produce such as honey and 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 olive oil that we harvest ourselves and, mm. and pickle our own vegetables and make our own uh, sort of food and, and, and meat as well. So uh, we oh. hope uh, in the future to get uh, almost like commercial with, with these in terms of like other people can enjoy our produce not only ourselves but that's that's the scenario and that's the whole ecosystem that you're creating there that enables you to be able to farm other Absolutely. bits and pieces and Absolutely. you can do it in a it's sustainable exciting, manner correct and it's um it's a lot of work when you when you run a farm you can't just close the gate on friday uh, go camping for the weekend and come back on monday it means that it's 24-7, you know, you got to uh, tender the farm, and it's an extra degree of involvement on behalf of everybody, but um, I think that the land pays you back with with exciting produce. Well, I I went there a few years ago um, to the Celador and um, had, I think it was venison chorizo. Um, <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> So, yes, yes. I have to be careful at the cholesterol levels because uh, <laughs> having uh, having accessibility to to this produce all the time uh, is uh, is fantastic. But yeah, oh, venison's very lean, though, Yapo. So um, when we do come to Margaret River, um, th- there is a cellar door still. Yes, correct. Yes. We moved the cellar door from the Burnside. Um, Vineyard to a location just south of my river, a little town called Witchcliffe. Mm-hmm. Uh, quite picturesque little town. There's a service station, uh, a very good pie shop there, and mm-hmm. not much else. But we are currently in the process of finalizing uh, a new cellar door, which is very exciting for us. It's something that um, we are hoping to have concluded and finished in about a year, year and a half max. Mm-hmm. And uh, there'll be a, a mixed concept where we have a cellar door, but also a little wine bar on the side where people can actually come and hopefully enjoy our wines as well as some of the produce we produce in terms of like, you know, cured meats, uh, honey and, and, and olive oil and all the other things that we, that we grow in our farm. And, um, and it, it's quite exciting. It's, it's a little town. I hope the town is prepared for this. <laughs> but, uh, we are <laughs> so you'll stay there, will you? To, yeah. So you'll we're stay in which cliff? Yeah, which cliff? Yeah. It's uh, maybe eight kilometers south of Margaret River on mm-hmm. Bus Highway on the way to um, to Augusta, and it's uh, it's uh, it's a nice little town, and it's got a, a small community that is growing, and um, I think people will uh, will come. Um, I've already um, asked uh, Mari to perhaps include some uh, Burgundy wines in 
in the analytics and people might be able to come and, and test our wines and compare them, compare them to the benchmarks of mm. of Burgundy and maybe, I don't know, have some prosciutto, a piece of cheese and some pickles that we make as well. Wow, that's amazing, all the produce. So with, with the honey, I'm interested. What um, You must have a whole number, like a, a number of hives, do you? Correct. So we do have uh, several beehives on the on the property. We're talking hazel vineyard now, mm-hmm. and as you know, bees are they are an indication of a, of a healthy environment. Uh, mm-hmm. They not only help with pollinating uh, trees and, and and vines, but they also produce fantastic honey. And we we have a lot of forest around the property. It's something that really is is a difference for me coming from. From Italy, where the landscape is heavily influenced by centuries of, of farming, to arriving Mark River and and working a vineyard that is surrounded by you know some of the cleanest ocean on earth and national parks and forests, mm. uh, it, it was it was amazing. So the, these uh, bees uh, pretty much have forests uh, all around them, and uh, if the Mari trees are flowering, which is something that some years don't happen very very well, some other years happens better. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're almost overflowing with honey to the point that we can't quite keep up with, with harvesting wow. um, ourselves. So the whole idea is, is, is for people to be able to enjoy not only what we produce in terms of wine, but also um, this sort of produce and this sort of experience. Mm. And, and that will all be the theme for the for the new Salador, right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. As a matter of fact, we also dedicated one of our wines to to the bees, uh, to the word the bees do. It's, it's called apiary block chardonnay. There's a, there's a little block of ginger crown chardonnay, which is uh, on a slope on Hazel Vineyard. And at the top of that vineyard, we have about six beehives. Mm. And it's uh, probably the beehive that produces the most amount of honey in the farm. And, and so we came up with this name, um, apiary chardonnay. Mm. It's a cloudy wine. We don't filter this wine. And it's um, pretty much a pure and raw uh, reflection of this very particular block and uh, we don't make a lot of it but um, it, it's a way for us to say thank you to to the hard work they do in the farm <laughs> yeah i love it uh, uh, the, the synergies around obviously you need bees to pollinate the the vine the the vines you know at the start of the whole season and that's um, correct yeah uh, and then for you to take it that next step where it's all um, you know, you're actually getting produce from them as well. It's, it's incredible. Absolutely, absolutely. It's, uh, it's amazing what the land can give you back if you look after it, um, mm. you know. Uh, it's not just a one-way relationship. Uh, we also give back to the land in terms of, like, uh, the way we manage it and the composting program and and uh, all this biodiversity we, that we try to create uh, in, in the land is uh, is a lot of work. It's not something that you can uh, make do with machine or on an industrial scale. Everything is done by hand, by us. You know, we harvest the olives ourselves, and it's a lot of work. But um, I guess it's probably very similar to the way my grandfather ran his farm. You know, it's almost like the generation in between my grandfather and and, and mine almost forgot a little bit these mm. practices, and we're just trying to bring them back. So, did it feel fairly natural to you to? To you know, get want to get hands on with all of all of you know that that part of things like the viticulture side. 
Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And the whole farm is um, is actually a lot of uh, fun, and, and it's probably one of the parts of, of my job that I enjoy the most. Um, mm. To almost almost as much as making the wines, you know, it's um, uh, it's um, certainly like a learning experience. Uh, farming uh, means a lot of knowledge, and you know, we have good, good staff and, and a good team that know what they're doing. But from my perspective, it's things that. They don't teach at university, you know. When you go and study winemaking, you focus on chemistry, tasting, and and a lot of technical stuff. But mm. um, um, wise farming and and you know, organic farming is something that I've learned on the field for sure. Yeah, it's getting it's getting um, increased um, exposure these days. Mm. All the biodiversity stuff. I think um, some hopefully some of that traditional stuff will shift it'll shift into that sort of space um because i, I, I ultimately at the end of the day it's going to make the job easier in the in the wine making process for you i gather absolutely and i think uh, somehow i can explain this from a scientific point of view but the vines have these i think this amazing ability to to read this diverse environment of around them and turn that environment into a specific flavor um, which is fascinating. Mm. It's probably one of the the reasons I got into wine uh, in first place. But uh, they they create a flavor that is specific to that spot on mm. Earth, and it can be replicated on the other side of the fence. Um, you know, and I think all this work that we put into creating biodiversity and uh, around the vines, it pays off because I think the wines we make uh, are are very specific and, and very unique and to me, to me, the character of the wine is uh, almost equally important to the deliciousness of, of the wine. You know, it's um, mm. it's about individual character and, and unicity more than anything else. Yeah, so it's it's about bringing out and, and heroing the, the provenance, essentially. Um, Correct. Yeah, that actual site. Um, so you in your wine travels uh, over your, your journey, as you ex- described earlier, um, did you have much of this philosophy um, at other at other um, wineries that you worked at? It's something that um, at some stage of my career I started to get fascinated about. And uh, mm. when when you're traveling as as a winemaker, you're pretty much organizing your next job as you are working vintage. Uh, for example, in the South Hemisphere, you already working on your vintage application for the Northern Hemisphere. And so mm-hmm. at some stage, I started to get uh, more interested in, in biodynamic practices and applied to several uh, wineries ended up going at Ceresin Estate in New Zealand, mm-hmm. which is one of the biggest biodynamic producers uh, in the South Hemisphere. I ended up staying in New Zealand for a, for a whole year with them and uh, learned a, a great deal about biodynamics there and um, and uh, also the Inama family, which is, you know, my whole stepping ground in, in Italy, in Soave. Uh, they do things organically, and they're all about um, highlighting biodiversity in their vineyards. So uh, at some point during my traveling uh, experience, I started to only apply for uh, wineries that, that had this kind of philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, And that was my... My drive is, is, was was eventually to work for a producer in in this region that had that kind of uh, philosophy and and ended up at McCarry Horner. 
It'll be very hard to go back to the um, some of the traditional ways after after having that sort I think, of um, focus. Uh, I think it's not possible. Yeah. Like um, I couldn't see myself uh, going back to um, to uh, conventional agriculture. It's like it's a little bit like when you grow tomatoes in your backyard, and you know how good they can be, and and they're chemical free. You don't go back to supermarket tomatoes, yeah, do you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can totally see that. Um, so your single vineyard range is obviously, um, you know, very much heroing that vineyard and that block. Um, so you must be really proud of those wines when you when you put them out. I am so, and um, these are very very tiny productions. So we make three uh, single vineyard chardonnays, and as a matter of fact, the apiary block chardonnay that I spoke about earlier, uh, that's another one there, but. Uh, these wines are all about uh, walking the roads up and down constantly and, and kind of like flavor map uh, which which sections within these vineyards are of outstanding quality. Mm-hmm. It's almost like trying to find a Grand Cru section within a Premier Cru uh, <laughs> block. And uh, in the last uh, uh, six years, seven years, we have put a lot of effort and work and time into trying and... Um, highlight these these uh these more uh, higher performing um section of, of the vineyards and make ones that are even more reflective and and and, and unique of, of the place so mm-hmm. we're now at a point where we make about six uh, to eight barrels out of each of the, the three vineyards of chardonnay so it's not a big production yeah. um it's a tiny production actually and uh we everything that we do in the water it's about minimizing handling um, and uh, and try to really bring to the bottle a wine that is a raw and, and pure expression of where it came from, essentially. Uh, so all three are done with similar philosophy in terms of like hand picking and and use of use of solid and um, use of oak. They're all uh, they're all going into small uh, Burgundian barriques. Mm-hmm. And uh, in terms of like batonage, malolactic fermentation, a lot of the choices that we make are not. Out of a recipe book, uh, me and and my small team taste constantly and yeah, it's and, more uh, intuitive de- in a way. Correct. Yeah, and you make the decisions uh, based on the season that you get handed by Mother Nature, and also uh, I guess a little bit the style that you want to produce. But more than more than style, I'd say it's it's the season. Uh, mm. In some years, we do a little bit of malolactic if if we need a bit more texture and be more like that pastry character into into the wines in, in powerful years like the season we just had uh, i don't think we will do much malolactic but it's something that we kind of decide as, as we go and and, that, and yeah. try to bring out of the wines the the unique character uh, that each of these vineyards um should deliver uh <clears throat> it sounds sounds unreal it really makes me want to go and get some bottles and um uh yeah definitely look at into the brand more and and um looking forward to hearing when that the new cellar doors open and all that sort of thing um, yeah, so look we look forward to having you so yeah thank you um it's been great to have a chat and it's you can just hear the passion can't you nick oh uh, yes i i mean the genuine passion yeah, yeah. For, for all things and it is a passion isn't it? it's not just a job